Hey everybody, welcome to episode 35 of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. My name is Kieran, and I have been metal detecting for nearly 30 years. And this week I want to talk to you about how much bang for your buck do you get when purchasing a new metal detector? Is there a discernible difference when you buy a $300 detector versus a $2,500 detector? And at what point is there a diminishing return on your investment? So let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, before we start, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoy the show this week, but before we begin, I want to give you the following information. If you want to give me feedback or interact with the show, please reach out to me on Twitter at Detecting The or Instagram at The Metal Detecting Podcast. Or if you want to pop me an email to Kieran at TheMetalDetectingShow.com. And now, if you'd like to leave me a voicemail, please do so on speakpipe.com forward slash the metal detecting show. The link will be in the show notes. If you'd like to buy me a coffee, you can actually do so now with buymeacoffee.com forward slash metal detecting. And lastly, and most importantly, if you like this content, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me this week. Firstly, onto my adventures in metal detecting. This week, I got out for a few short hunts between the gale force winds and the rainstorms, which was nice even if I am still confined to a 5km radius of my home. I took this lack of opportunity to hunt to sort out some finds and started thinking about how to display these. For example, a recent find of mine is a silver guild library button from the 1830s approximately. In terrible condition as it was found on the beach, but one of my favourite finds nonetheless and I want to frame it and display it. So I purchased the box frame and used a plotter cutter to cut out some precise picture frame cards and all was good. However, when I went to mount the button, nothing would work to likely stick the button to the card. This was down to the very fine rust on the back surface that would make it impossible for any low tack glue to adhere. Now, before you go off on one saying that I shouldn't be gluing anything onto the button, well, I'm talking about something like a glue dot here which is removable if needed. So if you have any advice, I would gladly hear it. I'm thinking I'll have to convert a dot of rust somehow. So I'm in a pickle. Now, I don't want to go down the route of removing the rust as I believe it adds to the patina. However, I want to preserve the button and mount it. So I'm looking at low impact ways to convert a small dot of rust, enough for me to gain some purchase in mounting it. A brief update on my quest for insurance turns out that if I get public liability insurance, it doesn't protect the farmer from Jack, as it would be his insurance that would be called into question if needed. However, my next tactic is to get some personal insurance to cover any loss of earnings I may have if I do any damage. Also, I've researched out some great sites and managed to find the owners just waiting on my opportunity to strike and beg for permission. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see I have started the process of testing the Nocta Macro Simplex. And it's got me thinking on how much bang for your buck you get for an entry level detector and how that has changed over the years. But also, is the gap between a perceived low end machine and a high end machine closing? Which is better and is it better to buy an expensive metal detector? So this week, I want to break it down in my own way to see if we can come to some conclusion. Firstly, I'm not going to slam any particular brands or models, but may use some as an example. And no matter what detector you have, there is no replacement for enthusiasm. If you dig enough holes, you will find something good. It is that simple. It may take you years, but it will. 
did you know your detector costs between $20 and $100 to manufacture? But why do they cost from $300 to $2,500 to purchase? Where does the rest of the money go? I believe that is one of the major points in this discussion. Starting at the low end, I believe that the merchant is making about $100 when a customer purchases a $300 machine. The distributor is making approximately 50 to 70 bucks depending on their size, leaving approximately $150 for the manufacturer. So where does that $150 go? Well, consider 20 to 40 bucks go into manufacturing the machine. The rest is split up on marketing, operations, support and research and development. So not much meat left in the bone for the manufacturer to report back as profits to their shareholders. The only way they can maximize their profits on a $300 metal detector is to minimize the cost in manufacturing with cheaper materials or manufacturing process, support, marketing and operational costs. But most importantly is to not invest in any research and development overhead using existing tried and tested technologies. A $300 machine is built to a budget using cheaper materials, will have less features to support and will have zero cutting edge technology deployed. Have you ever heard the saying, buy cheap, buy twice? There has never been a truer saying when it comes to metal detectors. I always advise newbies to buy the best detector they can afford at the start, but know that if they come to love the hobby, they will be upgrading their detector in a year or two. I also advise them to save all their spendables to account for some of this cost later. I say this because a beginner metal detector is not designed to be used in anger every chance you get. It is for the once maybe twice a month hobbyist. Put a $300 detector in the hands of someone who detects twice three times a week and providing there is no third party augmentation there, this detector will deteriorate and age significantly within the year and look more like a three year old detector. So what does it look like at the other end of the scale? Well, at $2,500, at this level there is more meat on the bone for the manufacturer to put into quality manufacturing, features and research and development. And as such, you get a metal detector that comes with all the latest features whether you want them or not. It is developed right on the cutting edge of technology, so it gives you an edge when detecting, allowing you to recover fines quicker, making sure you get to more quality digs maybe even up to 20% more, giving you a 20% more chance of finding something cool. Well, Kieran, I use my detector in all metal mode all the time. I don't need all the bells and whistles. Okay, so if this is the argument, then just look at build quality. At this level, on most high-end detectors, you will get carbon fiber shafts or equivalent, providing a light detector again, meaning you can go on for longer. Your detector will be made from harder wearing plastics, meaning they will age better and take less mining and will be more of an industrial tool. Also at this level, ergonomics play a part. With a cheaper detector, they will roll out the bog standard ergonomic profile. A higher end detector will be more considered to deliver a more balanced detector. Look at the CTX. In contradiction with my last point about lighter materials, for example, is super heavy but well balanced. So as you don't really feel the weight, I also believe the CTX was constrained with four 18650 LiPo batteries that caused this extra weight hanging out its arse. These are the same battery that goes into Teslas and where the cutting edge was at the time. Bringing in customer support, there is an enterprise level of customer support delivered with a high-end detector. 
where the customer's loyalty and mighty dollar is well looked after as they know if they offer and we have a good support experience that this will grease the wheels to more sales either through word of mouth or brand loyalty. For example, two years ago I brought my CTX back to mine lab for repair. My fault, not theirs. A little water got in because I didn't maintain the seal. Now, when I brought it back it was six years old, so well out of warranty, right? They replaced the whole control unit and battery because it was looking tired. For nothing, for free, I was expecting to pay a couple of hundred bucks to fix it, but rather than spending my hard-earned cash on repair, I spent it on an Equinox the same year. In my opinion and experience, you get a lot more bang for your buck with a higher-end machine. You get all the features, the newest technology, and to be honest, you get the cool factor too. But the higher you go, the less improvement you get. So it suffers from a law of diminishing returns and the metal detector companies know this. This is why they adopt and market a more specialized, finely tuned metal detector designed especially for high value targets such as gold nuggets, which can give some level of return on investment. I'm sure they could adopt the same methodology and produce a ridiculous detector, the best machine in the world to find quarters. But there will be no market for it as there is no perceived return on investment. As technology ages, the gap between low-end and high-end detectors would shrink if there was no constant research and development. Without this, it makes it easier for that technology to be copied or deployed in cheaper detectors. So there would be nothing to distinguish a high-end detector from a low-end one, right? And that is why manufacturers have to keep innovating, keep investing in research and development, and charge higher-end prices for their newer technology, or else it would be a race to the middle. You get what you pay for, no more no less. If you buy a cheap pair of sneakers and you wear them every day only to have them fall apart a few weeks later and then buy another cheap pair, this is a false economy. But buy a good pair in the first place and you have them for years. One of the arguments you see online is the argument that kicks off when someone buys a low-end metal detector and states that it's as good as a high-end machine. Case in point, the silly comparison of the Simplex versus the Equinox. Now, I am not comparing both as it is not an apples to apples comparison, but this happens also with brands such as Garrett versus MindLab or American Made versus everything else and vice versa. So why do some people say that their detector is better than others? This comes down to choice supportive bias or post-purchase rationalization. This is the tendency to retroactively ascribe positive attributes to an option one has selected or to demote the foregone options. These people are trying to validate their purchase choice by only looking at the positives and disregarding the negatives. In the case of the Simplex versus the Equinox, there is a choice supportive bias on both sides. On the Equinox side, they are trying to justify the high cost of the detector by regaling everyone of the benefits of multi-frequency and its performance on the beach versus on the simplex side where they're downplaying the features as something they don't need and not worth the price saying that the cost difference doesn't equate to a difference in performance. The funny thing is many of these arguments are derived by people who have only used one machine. Very few people have used both. I have and I can tell you there is a marked difference between them but again that is not an apples to apples comparison. The fact distortion continues when you pitch brands against each other Garrett versus MindLab. Garrett is best because it's American and American is best, right? No, MindLab is best because they are quicker to the market with the newest cutting edge technologies. Both true and untrue. 
And who cares? Buy the best detector you can. Look at the features, where and how often you are going to detect. Look for reputable reviews and comparisons. Don't listen to anybody who is reviewing their own metal detector. High end means higher prices, which brings cutting edge features and quality that gives you speed and information when hunting. But that may not be what you want or need. You might want to pay a lower price for some rock solid technology that you know works and that has a body of information built up in the communities online. Look at the E-Track, 12 years old now and people are still buying it and loving it. Or the Garrett A series, out since 2004 and still killing it. It's all about personal taste and circumstance and remember, if you do make a mistake, own up to it. There's always an excuse to buy another detector. I'll finish with this again. No matter what detector you have, there is no replacement for enthusiasm. That's it for this week. I hope you liked this episode of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. Check out our website, www.themetaldetectingshow.com for this episode's show notes. Check out our Patreon page if you want to help the podcast stay alive or just want to buy me a coffee. Actually, if you want to buy me a coffee, you can do so now at buymeacoffee.com forward slash metal detecting. Also, if you would like to leave me a voicemail, please do so on speakpipe.com forward slash the metal detecting show. The link will be in the show notes. If you feel like taking your appreciation to the next level, feel free to leave me a positive review on any podcast directory of your choice. If you like this content and would like more, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Once again, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and we will chat to you all again next week. Get out there, eyes down and happy hunting. Happy hunting.